Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Psychic Inside Show. My name is Joelle, and I am your host for today's show, and I'm very excited to be here. On the Vibrate Radio Network, I am committed to bringing you programming that I feel is enlightening and empowering and uplifting. So uh, every Tuesday, I get to interview different people who have learned to step fully into their gifts and abilities, and they come on to share with me their psychic stories of their life journey. And so um, here today with a guest for the show that I'm very excited, I'll get to that in just a moment. Now, I have a couple communities that I would like to connect you with, uh, the Vibrarian community and the Vibrary, the Vibrary Radio Network, all of these fall under the umbrella of the Good Vibe Tribe. And I have put together a community of people on Facebook and Instagram that are uh, trying to spread uplifting and enlightening information. And you can connect with me on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter using my handle, which is at the Vibrarian. Now that is T-H-E-V-I-B-E-R-A-R-I-A-N. And yes, I did used to be a librarian, but now I'm only dealing with positive and uplifting information. So that's where we get the name The Vibrarian. If you're out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and things like that, please tag me. Let me know that there's something positive that you're seeing. Let me know if there's a story, an article, a picture that made you smile. Please tag, say Good Vibe Tribe and get lifted because I will absolutely amplify that positivity out into the world through all of my channels. As you know, your vibe attracts your tribe, and I'm always happy to see the things that are making people smile and bringing light to their day and to share them on so that I can uh, contribute to the elevation of the planet. Every Tuesday on the Psychic Inside Show, we're here on Blog Talk Radio, and the show line is 646-668-8988, and you can call at any time during the show. If you have a question, just press 1 in order to come on the air, and you can also stream online. There is a chat room that is available and open if you're on the Blog Talk Radio page, and I will be taking any questions that you might have from that space. Now, without any further station business, let me get into today's interview. My guest is a gentleman who is quite well known here in the Atlanta area. Now, I stumbled upon a connection to him through another conscious person who uh, knew of him and invited me out to a healing circle at his office facility out way up in North Georgia. And so I attended his healing circle a few years ago, and that is how I came to be introduced to today's guest, Ben Plowman. Ben, Welcome to the Psychic Inside Show. I'm so excited to have you on today. Oh, thank you so much for, for having me on. I love I love that phrase, the vibe tribe. That is just dead on. I love that. That's great. <laughs> well, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe. We are vibrational beings, and I think we all are becoming more increasingly aware that we have the ability to impact others with our frequency, and so I am just really excited about the people that are coming into my connection because you guys are awesome. 
so let me just give our, our listeners a little bit of background from what I know. Um, I was introduced to you because you were a hypnotherapist on one account, which I was very interested in, but you were also then having a Reiki healing circle at your office up in uh, Cumming. And so I traveled all the way from the south side post-rush hour one day to meet with you, and I found a gathering of people that you had pulled together that were just really quite wonderful, and you all were sharing uh, this Reiki, and you did some teaching and taught some things within that context. And uh, so I just kind of thought that this was where you were, but it turns out this is like Ben 2.0. So you actually had a, a career in corporate America, and it seems like it might have been a rather uh, – logical and orderly analytical profession that you came from in the first part of your life. Would you care to share a little bit about your background in uh, 1.0 not version? At all. <laughs> not at all. Uh, I, was, I, was, uh, I was Mr. Straight Lace, you know, the three-piece suit, the, 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 the tie every day, the, you know, the shine shoes. And the, I was a, a vice president of sales and marketing for over 40 years. I sold research, of all things, of so, of people would invent stuff and we'd go out and, and try and, and find someone that wanted or would actually sell the actual research itself. Someone would say, can you invent something for us? Things like the mm-hmm. Da Vinci and medical robots that into guidance systems that we invented one for them and so on. So that's what I did mm-hmm. for a big part of my life. And now, all the while, go ahead. No, I was saying was – the word psychic even part of your conversations at that particular it, era it of was. your life? It, it okay. was in that I was, I was involved in martial arts during all of that because I needed something okay. in order to keep my world kind of grounded because I was traveling extensively, like almost 48 weeks a year. So I needed something mm-hmm. you know, that was physical, that would keep me grounded and so on. And it was, it was, my martial arts master at one point said, we're not going to learn any more martial arts. You need to go learn Reiki. Mm, okay. And I said, I said, what is that Reiki stuff? What, what do you mean? Reiki? You know, and, and it, it became this whole kind of um, eye opening experience for me and how the energy is energy regardless of what you're using it for. And the same energy that I was using to crack cinder blocks and, and so on in martial arts was just the flip side of the Reiki healing energy. So, so that's kind of how my eyes kind of opened wide up about, wow, there's a whole lot in this world going on that I need to pay attention to. Now, you had to have been doing Reiki before Reiki became quite popular, if I'm calculating, you know, time you would be, right. You would, you would be correct. Um, for, 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 for my lineage went, went or well, my experience was uh, probably five years from Reiki one to Reiki master. And mm-hmm. that, that, that involved quite a bit of apprenticing and, and working mm-hmm. with hands-on and workshops and, and so on with your Reiki master um, so that you could get that growth that we all do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very different back then. The book, Miss um, um, Stein's book hadn't been printed yet, and so on. So, so it was. It was. I don't even know what it was when it first brought up to me. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting because you talk about the flowing of en- energy through 
pathways and then how the energy then is utilized as being the difference. It also is a highly meditative aspect to martial arts too. Is that, Would you say that's correct? Oh, that's absolutely true. Now, the martial arts I was studying was all traditional. It, we, weren't, we weren't doing tournaments or any of that side of the world. We were, it was all, it was all a, a growth-oriented martial art. Um, and in fact, we did flower arranging. We did quite a bit of the other, other side of the energy kind of endeavors. You know, but when you're, when, you're, when you're a young man, you're teens, you can't quite grasp that stuff. So it's all kind of that linear crash-bang kind of martial art. And as you, as you mature and become aware of more things, then they get more into what, what key flow, chi flow, whatever your, your origin, your language origin of energy, mm-hmm. um, um, you can learn, learn how to use that more and more as you mature. And, and that's where the magic starts to happen, and that's what kind of opens your eyes to, this is a whole lot more going on with this key flow than just breaking stuff. You know, and that's got, that really was got that little, really was the eye of it. I've got a little choppy on the line. I can't tell if it's through my hearing or through uh, the line. If you could just repeat that sentence, then. I'm getting the choppiness now too. It was running just fine. Are you still okay? Choppy? I my, see. Oh, there it, it is. Up. There, there it clears. There it yeah, is. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Technology. You were, Don't worry about it. Yes. I missed what you just said about uh, the last aspect. I'm sorry. Well, I, I was talking about um, the martial arts journey that I took. When you're a young man, you can't quite grasp key flow or chi flow, whatever your word origin is, is for energy. And you can't quite grasp it all. It wasn't until you start to mature a little bit that that, that energy flow begins to become part of your martial arts practice. And then when you start doing some of the things in, that happen in martial arts, when, when you're able to do things with such ease and, and you can manipulate the energy really well, it's like then the, the doors kind of open. It's that old age old thing. The door gets cracked open and, you, and, and the elephant gets his nose in the tent. I mean, the cow gets his nose in the tent, you know? You keep wanting to know more. And, and Reiki was the perfect adjunct to that, of learning, of learning the opposite side of the coin, the yin and yang of the coin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that yin and yang comparison. That um, it's quite interesting because as I look at the way um, what we consider mainstream at one point, or the more quote unquote normal viewpoint, is that things such as martial arts and using ki uh, or chi to to break through a brick or to actually then push someone with air, which I've seen martial artists mm-hmm. be able to create energy shields around their body. For some people, that is not a big leap of belief to watch someone in martial artists propel someone across the room with just an energetic ball. But if you told them, then, well, I have a Reiki healer over here who will also use an energetic ball to heal something, they're like, no, 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 that's, that's, hooey fooey that's mumbo jumbo so it's quite interesting how it, it gets partitioned in in some mindsets but i think we are now in a more emerging kind of awareness because reiki is becoming increasingly well known 
I mean, everyone's doing Reiki at this point. Uh, and, and I think it's good because it teaches you a self-healing modality and to feel those channels of energy, you know. But it's quite funny how uh, if you put shoes on it, it looks like one thing. You put a different pair of shoes on, it looks like another. <laughs> that is so true. That, that is so true. People are very comfortable with me talking about my martial arts experience. But when I start talking about my, my Reiki experience or my other energy, my shamanistic energy experiences, you can see them all begin to squirm that aren't, that aren't in, in this world already. And you can see them right. begin, begin to squirm, you know. Um, it is right. it's kind of fun, you know. Now, w- when you were first beginning in your five-year uh, journey into mastery of, of Reiki, were you very much at that point still doing your corporate profession and using Reiki just as a personal or were you actually beginning to provide healing services um, as a sideline, I guess, or a second career during that, that, that time? That's a great question. Um, I, was, I was in the closet, so to speak, for years because I started this journey back in the early 90s uh, mm-hmm. into, the, into the, uh, becoming a Reiki master. And, and I was still very much active in my, in my corporate career. And so no one in my corporate world knew about my, my, my closet experiences with, with Reiki and martial arts. They knew about the martial arts, but they didn't know about the Reiki pieces. And, and it kept stayed that way for years and years and years until I actually retired. One of the hardest things for me to do was to go on to, um, oh, what's the site where everybody is? online LinkedIn. There you go. That's the LinkedIn. To, to go on LinkedIn, right? Because I have all these followers from business and change that front to uh, certified hypnotherapist, certified life coach, and Reiki master. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that, was, that was a day I'll never forget. That was hard. Well, I will talk about it. I would love to hear about that day because, quite honestly, I have not actually done that on my LinkedIn profile. I still have my my librarian self out there, and I've thought, you know, about what that looks like to come out of the spiritual closet, so to speak, on LinkedIn. So what was that like for you? Did you get colleagues to say, hey, or was it surprisingly positive? It was surprisingly positive. You know, those that knew me well were not surprised. And those that were just business acquaintance acquaintances, I didn't really hear from, which was okay, if you know what I mean. <laughs> we all have those, those business acquaintances that we know, and, and I would see them in a, at a function and be able to speak with them. But, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, but I broke out into a sweat. Before I hit the character. <laughs> right, right. It's like, well, that's it. You can't put the, can't go back in after that. You kind of uh, you make a choice. You can't put the two things back in the tube after this one. You know. So, right. So, so yeah, it was. But it, but actually, it was, it was such a great um, sense of relief, I guess, for me when I did that. Because um, mm-hmm. I've been chasing this career that I have now since uh, since the late eighties. I knew this was going to be a, my retirement world, but it was it was about mm-hmm. having to do the steps to be able to get there, and well, and that was the challenge. What made uh, sales and research driven analytical personalities such as yourself? become interested in hypnotherapy. Where is the seed of that tree that bloomed in your life? Uh, well, that's a, 
that's a, that is a fabulous question and a great story. Um, I was competing with a gentleman in, in the territory for a huge, huge, huge opportunity. And, and he, he would go into the account and turn it his way, and then I would go in behind him and, and turn it my way, and, and so on. This went on for almost eight months. And uh, finally, the gentleman and I, we, we knew one another, and we got together for lunch. and go, you know, this is silly. We need to join forces and move, move, move this forward, you know, move forward. So that's what we did. And, and when I asked him, I said, I said, how did you keep changing it? And he goes, well, I kept reading them, reading the individual. I said, hmm, maybe that's something I need to get better at. So I started looking at ways to be able to read people. And I found, I found hypnosis. Now, everybody's going to jump to the conclusion, oh, you're hypnotizing people to buy. Because no, that was not it at all. It was by gaining the skills of understanding the motivations of people. Do, are, they, are they indirect suggestioners or, or direct or those kinds of things? And, and how, what are the facial expressions? I knew then I could read people and I knew where to spend my time. I could read the, the, the client, if you will, the customer. I go, this guy is never going to buy from me. He's going to buy from his brother-in-law. So I'm not going to spend any more time here. And that's what, mm-hmm. that's what made me come be from a, a really good sales guy to a superstar, was being able just to say, mm-hmm. I'm not going to spend any more time here. And so that was the, that was the gem. That was the seed that got planted. I go, so what else is in this hypnosis stuff? This looks pretty amazing stuff. And I started studying it since then and, and uh, finally got certified and, and so on. So, uh, Did yeah, you have your that, own... Did you have your own, like, did you go see a hypnotherapist at the time then to actually receive a session or do work yourself? Or you just started studying, like, looking at the field and, and the theories that uh, were taught in it? I started studying it. And if, if you think about all this was coming together at the same time, the Reiki was coming together, the martial arts, key flow was coming together, and the hypno- and this whole interest in there's more to the mind than what we think about. So if you start putting all that together, that, that stool, that tripod of the stool, um, mm-hmm. it became a huge and perfect launch pad for me to expand out of the logical one and one must equal two, it must always equal two world, to, well, sometimes it can be three. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, I had to start opening up to other possibilities. Well, it's so interesting because a lot of people don't realize or make the connection that when you're in like your natural gift, which clearly you were successful in what you were doing and your ability to be successful, you already were expressing an innate competence at reading people, which made you, you know, ultimately be able to sell things and be positive and and all of that. So you just never viewed it maybe in the aspect that once you began to enlarge the perspective, you're like, huh, you know, a lot of people are successful and stuff, but they discount the level of, say, psychic or energetic awareness that goes into doing their job. It's one thing to be Michael Jordan and to, you know, shoot a basket, but it's almost like he can see and read everyone's energy around him in a way that accelerated him above and beyond his peers because of his knack 
And if we follow our knack, a lot of times we find out there's a psychic gift. It could be empathy or clairsentience. It could be claircognizant. Um, you clearly have an energetic sensitivity tactilely because you're doing things like martial arts and Reiki that are very much uh, feeling rather than analyzing or knowing kind of modalities. Uh, I think that's just very, it's empowering to know that we always have the seeds that can be grown into way more than what we first envision, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You have, you have a great point. It's all about asking the first question about, huh, that doesn't fit in my world. What is that? You know, I don't know if anyone's seen, I use the analogy quite a bit. I don't know if anyone has seen 2001, The Space Odyssey, the movie. And remember, the apes are all around this, this, this little watering hole at the beginning. And everyone is living happily ever after, right? And then overnight, mm-hmm. the first monolith appears. And in my head, mm-hmm. it, that's when it opened the door because the apes, that's a, well, I wasn't here yesterday. It asked the first question. Right. Where did that right. come from? You know, and so then we see the, see the path from there. And that, that's, for me, that's what these moments were. When, when the mm-hmm. first time I, I knocked a student out, kicking through a heavy bag, you know, I said, How, what is that? And the master came up wow. to me and goes, well, that was, that was key, so you need to be, let me show you how to start managing that. You know, and those mm-hmm. times, it's like these moments kept coming, which kept cracking the door open wider and mm-hmm. This doesn't fit into my little logical world of one and one always equaling two. And, uh, um, so that was the path. It was, it was being able to recognize those moments on the path that really helped mm-hmm. me step into um, the gifts um, mm-hmm. and be able to understand that, hey, there is a lot more out here than I'm aware of. And that's okay. Well, it seems like it's been enjoyable for you. Absolutely. Now, there have been the moments. <laughs> you know, there have been those <laughs> moments where I thought I was Star Trek and bonkers. And that the little man and white coach are going to come to the way. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can relate to that, too. <laughs> now, um, when you started getting into hypnotherapy, and I do try to be very specific as I say that because what I've learned is that I was using the words wrongly in the past. So there is a difference between a hypnotist and a hypnotherapist, if That's I am correct. understanding the language correctly. And so a lot of people, if you're like me coming from a popular stereotype, you think of a guy with a little smarmy costume on doing <laughs> a show, the hypnotist look into my eyes, you're getting very sleepy, and then he, of course, <laughs> makes everybody on the stage bark like dogs and do chickens and all that kind of stuff. So that's the popular message that we get about what a hypnotist is. And I'm pretty sure that's not what I've seen you do. So could you share with us (laughs) what is hypnotherapy, you know, uh, as as opposed to being a a hypnotist? (laughs) Well, I don't want to belittle the hypnotist. I mean, it's a great entertainment, and that's what that is. Are those people hypnotized? Yes, but they've agreed to be part of the show. So so let's just take the hypnotist just for a moment, right? He walks out on stage. Who will see part of the show? You see all the hands go up. I do, I do, pick me, pick me, off back like a duck. Pick me. And, and so he picks those people, and sure enough, he picks me, and he goes, Ben, quack like a duck, and sure enough, I do. 
Then he says, hey, tell a joke in Chinese. And that is just too silly for me, so I don't do it. So he goes down the line looking for someone else who has a, a broader sense of what funny is, and they, and they do it. And that's how that kind of show works. That is, again, that is pure entertainment. Everyone's kind of signed enough to have some fun, and that's what that is. Hypnotherapy is, is nothing like that. Hypnotherapy is about the ultimate self-help that you can work with okay. a client with, right? The client does all the work, every bit of it. They're the ones that are giving you the words. They're the ones that are telling you which program or, or whatever you like to think about um, in, your, in your subconscious is not working for them any longer. Um, okay. We all have these little scripts that run in our, in our, in our subconscious. And the easiest one to, for people to relate to is the baby. You put the baby on the floor, immediately picks the piece of fuzz, the one pebble that's there, puts it in their mouth, and immediately writes a mm-hmm. script in the subconscious. Don't do that. That's up to you. Mm-hmm. Now, here I am 65 years later. When I see a rock, guess what? That's, that runs. The same script runs, but it runs in my subconscious. Mm-hmm. So I'm unaware. Mm-hmm. So what I, in hypnotherapy, what we're talking about with someone is that they have a script that's running that is not serving them any longer. And that's what we talk about. That's what we're trying to, that's what we're trying to put our finger on. And what words can we use to begin to overwrite that script? Is that okay? okay? Yeah, absolutely. So in, in the one modality, what I see is if I am then a person who wants to stop smoking, which mm-hmm. I see on your your business sphere innovation group that's s p h e r e if people want to look that up uh, you have a facebook page and and also uh, spheerinnovation.com is your website mm-hmm. um but i contact you because i want to stop smoking and so what does it look like then from that point of contact forward for me as a more traditional hypnotherapist client that's a great question and here's the way that works this, you have these scripts running in your head that said, the boss yelled at me, have a cigarette. I'm feeling really happy, have a cigarette. I love my coffee, have a cigarette. So you've got all these links, <laughs> all these scripts running, right, that, that are leading you to, to smoke. Um, a lot of folks like to, like to pick on the nicotine. Well, the nicotine is out of your system within 24 to 48 hours. It's gone. It is highly addictive. It, it, is, it is hard, but... But we can do anything for 24 to 48 hours, right? I mean, you can stand on one foot if you right. have to, right? So, right. and then that's gone. What they always, what these, most of these other processes miss is the psychological piece. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, I have a plan that I use with folks is begin to overwrite those scripts and you take the habit out. So, one of the first things I have my clients do is every time they buy a single pack of cigarettes, they buy a different brand. So now, all of a sudden, it never quite tastes right. Mm -hmm. It never quite is as satisfying as it was. Mm -hmm. So immediately, about half their cigarettes will fall off the table right after that. Mm -hmm. And then we talk about, what would you choose to do when the boss yells at you? What would you choose? You know, we can do all kinds of things. Go for a walk, get a drink of water, stand up and and just move around, what would you like to do? And that's where we start, we start in hypnosis. We start implanting those other choices. And we may do that through 
seeing a mirror and seeing the reflection of you as a permanent ex-smoker and how mm-hmm. happy and vibrant you are, you know, and you do that by making these choices. And I give them other tools to help them mm-hmm. remember to come back to peace and calm because you always make a better decision when you're calm. So, mm-hmm. so that's what I'm trying to avoid there is when you get all spun up in whatever emotion it might be, whether joy, happiness, anger, stress, whatever it might be, you have a way to immediately come back to peace and calm because then you can make a much better decision. Mm-hmm. And that's the way, that's the way we generally go. And I can tell you this, I'll tell you this story. I had this one wonderful young lady. She was 75 years old. She'd been smoking for over 50 years, three packs mm-hmm. a day. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we started working together and we've really, we've really got it knocked down. She said, she said, Ben, there's one cigarette I can't get rid of. I said, which one is that? She says, it's the one after lunch. So I said, mm-hmm. so I had her tell me her whole lunch ritual. And, you know, she, mm-hmm. she was able to go home for lunch. She would have her lunch and then she would go to, her, to the smoking place, which I we changed, but, um, uh, and that's where she had her cigarette. And she just can't get rid of it. So we tried a lot of different things to try and break the links in the chain that led to that cigarette. Mm-hmm. And, and finally, I said to her one day, I said, can you walk in a different door? She said, well, sure. Mm-hmm. She did, and that broke the chain to the cigarette. Mm-hmm. And that's what hypnosis is about. It's, it's about finding those links that lead to the behavior that you're, that you're trying to change. Right. That's very interesting. As you're talking about that, it seems like, um, I guess it's partly, it's not just you come in and sit down on the couch and you wave a little thing back and forth and yeah. then hypnosis. This is actually like more work and conversation and coaching part of it where you're getting to the root in conversation before you ever even go into, say, the hypnotic portion of the the work that you do. That is exactly correct. There are many okay. people I'm sure that, that they have their practice that they, they say, come in, sit down, stare at the watch, and off we go. You know, um, That is not the way I work because, again, like I said earlier, for me, hypnotherapy is, is, is self-help. You, the client, you know, have to find the reasons because there's no way for me to know those reasons. You know, mm-hmm. and so the hypnotherapist really becomes, if you will, the hypnotic operator. I'm just managing people into the alpha state. They've given me all mm-hmm. the words. They've given me all the all the actions they would like to change. So it's just now, a matter of the, putting that together. Well, it, it's very interesting, and I I, I do t- tend to talk with a lot of more linear people, and. Um, the idea of behavioral modification is not something then that is foreign or or challenging for people in a more traditional mindset. What becomes challenging is then to say, well, you know what, my mind, I'm going to willingly open it up to someone else to tamper with is what I often hear. I don't mm-hmm. want anybody doing in my mind, how am I going to know what they're going to say? Or I don't want to end up barking like a dog somewhere. I've definitely heard that phrase. <laughs> you, you know, I don't, oh, am I going to end up clucking like a chicken? You know, I've heard that literally in conversation oh, in response to hypnosis. So, so 
the folks who are more like, mm, I just am not comfortable with this. Can you talk about what then, what is hypnotic suggestion and what does uh, hypnosis actually look like? or And what does it not look like, especially if you want to give people some precautionary things to be you know, aware Absolutely. of? Absolutely. Uh, now, typically, um, you're only going to quack like a duck if you choose to. That's what you want to do, okay. by all means, enjoy. But, but, but don't forget that, that my, my first session, excuse me, my first session with a client goes about two hours. And the reason it goes okay. that long is, first off, why are we here? There's a lot of detail to get out of why are we here, what's, what's the issue, why is it an issue now, and, and so on. So we're, we dig into that. Then a lot of it is about hip, hypnosis education and what it is and what it is not. I mean, in fact, the hypnotic mindset is extremely normal. Um, as a matter of fact, we spend 80% of our day in that state or every day now. So, so if people say, oh, no, I don't. Okay, I, one basic question. Did you ever drive somewhere and don't remember all the turns? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the hypnotic state working for you. So you, mm-hmm. you can do very complex things in the hypnotic state, in that alpha state. So mm-hmm. the difference is between you going there on your own and us going there together is that we've gone with a purpose. And the minute okay. I would stray from that purpose, you would open your eyes and go, what the heck do you think you're doing? We didn't agree to that. Okay. 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 You, you follow? There, 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 yes. I'm going to tell you right now, there's no such thing as ninja hypnosis. There's, you know, they're, they're, those things just don't exist. What does exist is if someone's suggestible, you, you know, you can say, well, hey, let's go on the lake and see if your truck will float. Now, if they're suggestible, they may go do that, right? But that's just mm-hmm. their own. That's just their own willingness. Um, right. And, and, right. And that's kind of right. what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm getting at. You know, you can't. I can't protect people from themselves, right? What they're willing to do. Right. But as, as, a, as a hypnotist, as a hypnotherapist. You know, I walk people through exactly what we're going to do, especially in the first, in the first session, in the first hypnotic um, uh, experience. I walk them through exactly how we're going to get there, the words I'm going to use, um, okay. what it's going to – but I don't tell them what it's going to feel like because it feels like something different to everyone. Okay. okay. And now for your audience, they're probably going to appreciate that what it feels like when I start is a guided meditation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and what mm-hmm. I'll even tell I know my people the, the the client I'm working with is a meditator. I say please don't get ahead of myself and go to where you always go. Please stay with my okay. words. Okay. Please stay yeah. with my words. Yeah. Okay. Because you may end up someplace different than where you've right. always been. Right. Because where always right. is kind of speaks to the Einstein theory of 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 madness. Right. Because that's doing the same mm. thing over and over again. And over again, right, right. So, right. so as you find that that's really beneficial, because um, uh, it feels, it feels normal, but then all of a sudden you may end up in a bit, when I say picture a beautiful place, you know, it may be something completely different than what you normally go mm-hmm. to as a meditator. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where we start is doing it, the work. So is it then possible for a person if you you said that if you deviate off the path then uh, the person comes to awareness like wait this is not what we talked about 
is it possible to say come to say you want hypnotherapy but have a mindset that is actually really more close to it that you're not able to actually then go into the hypnotic state when that part of the experience is ready? If, like if, is there a resistance the barrier for some people? Then, then I haven't then I haven't done my prep job well, and that's what that whole first okay. kind of hour, okay. hour is. It's about okay. getting them comfortable with what's going going to be happening, um, because it, okay. there are two things required to hypnotize someone, and you can hypnotize anyone on the planet. But it requires two things: one, I need your permission, and the second okay. is, will you follow my instructions? If you, don't, okay. if you don't get a resounding yes and get that feeling that, yes, that's true, then you need to keep making them reassure them about what's going to be happening. So you can even ask them, what, what, is, what is holding you back? What's, what's the issue? What are you worried about? You know, mm-hmm. a lot of folks think they're going to blurt out the family secrets. If that doesn't happen. That's not what we're here for. Right, why, right. You know, that's just not why we're here. So it's those right. kinds of things that really do help put the client at ease. And not only that, I record my the actual hypnosis piece so mm-hmm. therefore number mm-hmm. one it's a great it's a great therapeutic tool that they can take home and listen not in their car not in their car. right <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So right. They, trust me there's a reason i say that <laughs> i know i know <laughs> right <laughs> accident waiting to happen <laughs> yeah so so then excuse me so then we, um, um, I give them the give them the CD or whatever the medium is that they choose, <clears throat> and they are able to listen to it later. But that also gives them a reassurance that you can you'll hear exactly what I said. You know, if you choose, you don't need to follow it. You can just hear exactly what I said. Mm-hmm. And you said it earlier. There is no magic hypnosis stick that's going to make you do anything. That's just okay. not what, right. This is not what we do. That's just not what hypnosis is. <clears throat> hypnosis is about, right. is, about, is about changing the program, changing the script, changing the thought pattern in your, in your mind that is creating this outcome that is giving you difficulty. Right, right. Now, of course, the audience of this show is uh, to, to be on the metaphysical slant of things. Mm-hmm. And so... At some point in your hypnotherapist career, then you wound up moving into an area that I'm imagining was not about weight loss, smoking cessation, and um, behavioral modification. Um, Did you, how did you, or did you, I guess it's an assumption to say that you then veered off the path into more non-traditional uses of hypnotherapy, such as well, past life regression. Yeah, I knew or, where you were going. <laughs> yeah, of course. I, I, knew, I knew where you were going. Uh, actually, that came about because I needed more tools to help my clients. Because okay. sometimes I'd be working with a client and we couldn't quite find what was going on. So that's mm-hmm. when I start asking the question. For instance, I, I, have, I have a young lady that has a, a hip issue and, and been to every doctor in the world, but, and we were looking for it, and we, we couldn't quite get it. So finally, one day, I said, what I would like you to do is in, in hypnosis is get in contact with the discomfort in your hip mm. and, tell me what it, and tell me what it says. 
Mm-hmm. You know, sounds like a kind of a wacky mm-hmm. thing to say, right? But I got an answer. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. Okay. I got an answer back. The client gave me an answer back. And it's kind of a different voice. And it, and it said, this is about, this is about protection. This is about, this is about survival. And, I, and that's what, that's what led us to back to go through the past because nothing had happened in, in this life. And that's what kind of led us going to go back to find something. And that is was, so well it's so it's it it's very much like the book that uh everyone is tends to be familiar with, which is many lives many masters with uh mm-hmm. dr Brian Weiss, who also encountered blocks in his in his patients, and it wasn't until the kind of time perspective barrier was breached. He didn't even know he was asking a question that was going to kind of pop through that lifetime awareness Mm. into a previous lifetime awareness. It sounds like the way you worded your question allowed for that timeline, time perspective to be circumvented and you tapped into the well of, of awareness at a subconscious level that was much deeper. Uh, That seems to be a common path it's a it's a discovery and healing for people it, it really is and and what i've found is that um, with some clients that are open to this open to the thought of past lives and, and reincarnation and so on um is that once we've exhausted today's world right and we're still we're still trying to trying to move forward on something spontaneously they will they will find the past life a different voice will come out sometimes. It's a different language, which I need to deal with. You know, oh, wow. It just uh-huh. spontaneously happens. It's a different voice. And it's like, oh, bingo. <laughs> we have bingo. Because wow. now we know where things. And those are the most powerful healings that I've been involved in. Wow. That's got to be quite a mind-boggling experience as the practitioner to be talking with a person and, and be aware of their personality and affect and then in a hypnotic state have a different language come pouring out or behavior or personality just totally change, even gender or age. That's got to be pretty wild. The first time, <laughs> let me tell you, the first time we were like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, uh, oh, oh, he smokes, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, right. but you know, you, the good news is, is that with hypnosis, right? You can always say, as you come back to awareness, there's, you can always bring people back. It's just very simple. So, so there's always that luxury. Um, but I find, I found that you know, since I'm in this world, you kind of open to these things, and it's amazing what happens. And then once you find the issue in a past life, most of my clients will. They, they, they've all used the same word. It's like a zipper effect. They can feel the healing come from then to now. It's like a zipper, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of finishing out. Now, there are a lot of... Go ahead. That is, that is very good from a zipper from then to now. That's very... I, I could definitely relate to that analogy, having had some past life uh, healings happen for me as well. It's it's really a bizarre kind of uh, it's a bizarre kind of feeling. <laughs> you know, I think about uh, uh, the DeLorean and and uh, getting in the DeLorean with the guy from Back to the Future, <laughs> you exactly. know, exactly. <laughs> and moving through that healing energy. Now, um, 
are you able to share, I know there's, uh, you know, privacy and ethics in terms of work that uh, people do. Is there any particular past life era or story or like if you had a client who was Pleiadian or if you had a client who was a shogun in ancient China or anything of that kind of fascinating? Is there one one circumstance that kind of shines out to you? There, 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 are, there are numerous, but but here I'm going to tell I'm going to tell your 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 fans this: none of you are Cleopatra, none of you were Napoleon. <laughs> most of us, most of us were just schmucks. We were just normal, <laughs> everyday kind of kind of folk. Um, uh-huh. uh, um, but I, I did. I, I, um, and I and it's not a question I ask. If you're very as the, as the operator to someone experiencing a past life, the worst thing you can do is lead them, right? Mm-hmm. So the kind of questions, mm-hmm. the very first question I ask is when we land in a slide, we're doing a, a targeted um, past life. I tell them, look at your feet and tell me what you see. Mm-hmm. And that'll, well, that will usually give me a time frame. Oh, like uh, if you have sandals on or no shoes? Well, yeah, or... yeah, exactly, exactly. And then I have them slowly bring their gaze up and just tell me what they see if they look out the window. Mm. You know, and that's as much as I'm going to ask about the specifics of where we are. Okay. 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 The rest of it is why are, next, my next question is why are we here? Okay. Okay. You know, so you've allowed the, the, the consciousness to direct why you're visiting a certain aspect. Yes, because it could be a conglomerate, right? The the subconscious or the the universe could have put kind of some things together to kind of that illustrate the point. I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to go there, right? It's not for me to interpret. What's the only thing I'm looking for is to get the healing for my client, so they can they can function, you know. And and that's been the been the been the best. Sometimes you get a little more detail. Um, I had I had one young lady that was that, that turned out to be of royalty in, in ancient in ancient Africa and and was speaking in tongues and I finally I finally mm-hmm. said, Thank you so much for coming, but could could you use my client's name um, knowledge of English to converse with me? Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> you know, and that, Okay. <laughs> and it shifted? Oh absolutely. absolutely. Oh wow. <laughs> That is so interesting. I I love when real life defies the uh, belief. <laughs> you yeah. know, you you know, once you get into the experiential realm of I could tell you about it, but I, you really need to see it or experience yeah. it for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> now, I know that you are also a shaman, and so I'm. As you've been talking about uh, the interconnectedness of your tripod and the way things converge, it would seem to me as you are entering the hypnotic uh, realms that your shaman perspective of dimensions and worlds kind of overlays in a different way than what your typical non-shamanic hypnotherapist might observe because the shaman you basically are are working with 
uh, this fragmented soul, the soul journey, as I understand it, and those those realms that parallel the subconscious kind of um, where it's not to the conscious perception most of the time about these dimensions. How you're, you're, how how did shamanism even come into um, to that in terms of your whole twenty to thirty year evolution? Um, early on, uh, when I was studying uh, Reiki, I was introduced to shamanism at the same time, and they they kind of uh, they were in the same center that I was studying in. So it, it worked it worked out very nicely because they both kind of dovetailed really nicely together. And, <laughs> and I, I was sort of coming aware, and and what we were looking at was they always kind of merged for me. I guess is the best way to put it. And, and then when I started becoming a hypnotherapist, I don't really see myself as, when I'm working with a client, of being a shaman or being a hypnotherapist or being a Reiki you know, practitioner. To me, it okay. always comes all together. You know? Okay. Now, I may, I may work in hypnosis with someone and draw them, you know? Mm-hmm. Because that's what, they, mm-hmm. that's what I feel at that moment that's going to help my client the most. Okay. Um, so... I really don't separate it as much, but again, I had the knowledge of, like you just said, of soul fragments. You kind of pick up on these things when I'm working with a mm-hmm. client about, oh, again, only if they're open to it, you know, about having soul fragments or other, other maladies that are better suited in a shamanic kind of healing, right? But, we still, mm-hmm. but, the, but the main vehicle is still through um, hypnosis to put them in that relaxed state. And then we'll talk mm-hmm. about what we're going to go do and, and so on. Does that, does that help? Does that answer your question? Yes. Yes. I think also, though, could you – so for the, I myself am, am a little more vague about what is a shaman or shamanic healing as a pathway. Uh, I think I know myself, I, I always look to, like, indigenous cultures, like Native Americans or Aboriginal um, you hear that word shaman used more frequently, and it's almost like a re- has almost a religious connotation in some cultures. So, what is it that you speak of in reference to being a shaman uh, and, and that? That's a really great. I'm glad you asked that question because for me, shamanism is using some other tools, and they may be they may be the drums. It may be more more incense oriented. It may be um, about Let's go lay down in my back room, and I'll I'll drum over you so you can actually feel feel the drum, um, the vibration of the drum. And so that's kind of for me. That's more what the shaman pra- practice is. Now I'm sure there are many people that have much more uh, wider um, array of shamanic tools um, than that. But that for me, that's what that is. And it's about having the understanding that in fact the soul can track. And that it, you can leave little bits, and you can go find them, and you can bring them, can help them put them back together again, and and so on. It's about and and there are many vehicles to get to that place. Okay. And I think that's okay. To me, that's where a lot of this is. It's about what vehicle are you using to get to this place? I mean, I leave as you. I don't know, were you here for the drumming circle that I that I, that I leave? No, I, it was the Reiki share. Yeah, it wasn't hmm. drumming. I, I would have been. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do I love I love, that. I love drumming circles. <laughs> Help folks go okay. find their power animals, or their message animals, or their healing animals, or 
those kinds of experiences in group settings, um, do those kinds of things. Um, when I lead an Akashic record um, meditation, when you're in the records, I'm drumming. I used to drum to help okay. people okay. people cross the bridge and, and get to whatever metaphor you're going to use. Um, and so I, I always kind of combine my knowledge, which is by no means extensive in any of these things, um, but I tend to combine my knowledge of the, of, and the tools that I know to, in, all, in all my different venues of working with clients. You mentioned the Akashic Records, which is a topic we've had on the show before. We've had a couple uh, Akashic Records practitioners and teachers on as well to talk about that. When you're looking at, say, a past life regression in with a client who says, you know, I have an issue and I, I think it's not from this lifetime, I want to explore that with you. Are you consciously then saying, okay, well, we are going to, I'm going to guide you to look through your Akash to do that? Or is it not necessarily that specific? You just are going into however consciousness wants to bring forward the past life. I let, I let consciousness sense. decide um, okay. what, what needs to be done. So many people come and they want to do the past life progression, but they're mainly looking for the experience. And I always told them the same thing. I said, you're going to be disappointed. From, from the way I go about this, you're going to be disappointed. Because while you will get an experience, it's not going to be wild, wild bang, technicolor, you know, block of shooting off. Typically. Sometimes it is. Mm-hmm. But if we're going for a purpose and a, and a meaningful, meaty purpose, then, then it will be meaningful. You will, get, you will find things out that you need to know. Um, so I tend to shy away from people coming, but just looking for the, the past life experience, if you will. Okay. Um, and, and, and rarely, um, when people come to, well, I think it's a past life thing. I'll say, well, let's start with what's going on. And you start talking and you say, well, I have this fear of abandonment. I've worked on it for a lot of years and it's still here. And, and I, you know, you start talking to them and you get, well, yeah, well, mom left when I was four. I haven't seen her since. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, you know. But I've dealt with that. Said, right. Well, right. You know what I mean? I, I hear you. And I, but let's go see what happens, you know. And, and so we tend right. to work through it. doesn't mean it's not from the past life. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, well, it seems it comes down to Occam's razor. Do you know that metaphor? That, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's somewhat, yes. You know, you it's, care it's, to... the, the, simplest, the simplest solution is usually the correct one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't overcomplicate it. Right, right, right. Yeah. 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 So, so and, I, and I find that, I mean, a lot of, a lot of um, folks, especially dealing with, with pithy kind of painful um, programs or scripts that are running in their heads, you know, it's, it's much easier to say, um, let me go heal it in a past life because then I don't have to deal with it in this life. It becomes this little <laughs> kind of hedge, if you will, you know, Leap an avoidance right. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking about um, when I was in junior high, I had a really stressful time in dealing with my environment. I was uh, probably one of the only African-American kids in my school, and I was just experiencing a lot of stress and adjustment issues and was very agitated. And so the school counselor 
um, I managed to start seeing the counselor, and one of the things she taught me was, at the time I didn't realize it, but it was self-hypnosis. So she would take me through a visualization of how to, you know, bring down and clear my mind and clear my consciousness and to be able to enter in this self-hypnotized state to better manage than what I was going through at the time. And I never really, by the time I kind of got distracted in later high school years with life and activities, I had lost the practice of being able to move myself into that um, state. So as an adult, later when I started seeing all the YouTube things about, you know, um, self-hypnosis for this thing, study how to do, all of that, and I started listening to the whole uh, counting and positioning of, of bringing a person's awareness to a point, I recognized, oh, she taught me, that when I was 13, but it's much harder now to get past my monkey mind of mm-hmm. adulthood, <laughs> you know, to say yes, to those prompts. But do you teach then self-hypnosis uh, techniques to your clients, or do they naturally kind of come into that as you do the work together and improve their life? Well, there's a couple of things that I do. I try and teach to get the, my client how to fish, if you will, and that is, there's a definite programming language in how to, how to change what the voice in your head is saying. And one of those is, is, is we all like to say, you know, I want to be rich. Well, when you say that, you get the want bad, but you don't do anything about making it a reality. You just get the want. Where if you were to say something like, I make sound financial decisions, well, now, you're, now that's got some meat, right? That's got right. a little bit of meat to it. Right. Um, and then they'll say, I no longer overeat. Well, the, the subconscious mm. doesn't understand the negative, so it drops to no. <laughs> I longer overeat. Not very good grammar, oh. but a very oh, no. different. <laughs> yeah. That's a so, bad program. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so what I do is I teach, I teach my clients to start p- picking at their words that, that they are hearing. And then the ones they want to overwrite, learn the skill of what programming language the subconscious likes and understands. And you can, in fact, learn, learn to fish for yourself. Um, mm-hmm. And the other ones that, that the subconscious will do to us is I'm going to. I'm going to do this. Well, mm-hmm. I'll hand you a calendar and circle going to for me. Mm-hmm. What day is, is going to, Right. Uh-huh. Right. You sound like my so, father. I had to laugh. You sound like my father, real quick. You're channeling my inner dad right there. <laughs> but it's but it's true. And and Ghana is a way the subconscious goes. See, I'm moving forward, but I'm not. Because the subconscious right. is mostly afraid of changing. That's what it. It really doesn't want to change. It's been running the asylum. For however many years you've been alive, it's like, I know how to do all this mm-hmm. stuff. Leave me alone. Mm-hmm. So, so you, you kind of teach them those kinds of things. Uh, uh, I'm always, I'm always angry. I'm always tired. I'm always this. I'm always that. Well, mm-hmm. that's not true because you're not always right. anything, right? Right. Right. So, so let's let's overwrite that and go. I feel de- sad now, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. we can acknowledge that emotion. Doesn't mean you're going to feel sad five minutes from now. It right? just means right now. Right. Um, right. Those kinds of things. So we try and teach that kind of rhetoric, 
you know, on how to mm-hmm. parse their words correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing I do for my clients to help them come back to this peace and calm, I give them a post-hypnotic suggestion um, where I give okay. them an, an okay sign. They make an okay sign with whichever hand they, they would prefer. Take a deep breath. And that instantly brings them back to peace and calm. Because, mm. like I said earlier, you always make a better decision. So when you get calm, you always make that better decision. You know, maybe it's time mm-hmm. to be angry. Maybe you should be, but that's okay. But as long as it's like, as long as it's not just a script running and it's a decision that you make, you you follow. Right. Yes. 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 Absolutely. It's it's so interesting because every everything has a, such a parallel echo to each other from if you're looking at cognitive behavioral therapy, which is what some who've come a more traditional way of being aware of thoughts and, and changing behaviors to hypnotic um, suggestion to people who follow like Abraham and Esther Hicks or the secret, the law of attraction who talk about uh, the words and how you say something matter. It's all the same message, which is that we are often a little too haphazard with the way that we speak, but there is a key to how we speak that can open up a door to deeper awareness. That is so true. That is so true. And folks, when you say I am, you better be careful what you say next. You better be ready. That's right. I am right? sick. That's the one I tell people all the time. Don't say that. You know, I am sick. Yeah. You just say, uh, I am improving, you know, I am on right. the way to health and happiness, or I'm recovering from my illness, you know, uh, because uh, yeah. the, the, the I am. Positive. Yeah. yeah, that I, I am. And then, oh, yes, that's a good one. And it, or I align is another. Yeah. But it's yeah. interesting because when you said gonna, it's the same thing with hope. I hope. Well, you are yeah. going to incur a situation that will continue to cause you to be hopeful, never actually having the energy of satisfaction. You'll just have the energy of continuing to hope. So they say, I hope I don't have a bill in the mail today. You're going to get a bill in the mail so that you can hope again tomorrow that you don't have a bill in the mail. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, a, exactly. it's really nuanced. But once you begin to be aware, and I'm assuming then that your, your, the clients that you're seeing, this is not typically a one-session experience for you to say, I'm going to come and I'm going to learn to quit smoking in one day, two hours, zip, zap, zip, it's done. I'm going to get the thing that I need. I'm going to lose 50 pounds right away because I went to see the hypnotherapist one time. It doesn't sound like it's that kind of, of it, it, it experience. Is I mean, sometimes okay. if there's an emotional baggage, sometimes we'll find it pretty quick. You know, uh, we can. But, but typically it, it, it's three to four sessions. And if in three or four sessions we're not on top of something and moving forward, then we're going after the wrong thing. And we need to oh, figure okay. out, hmm. you know, what else, what else might be going on. Um, so, like, if you're, and I'm not, like, say I'm a – if I'm a smoking person and I've come to you two or three, four times and I'm still smoking three packs a day or I'm not able to to correct the or change the patterns, then that's when you would say, hey, we've got to 
look at something else next, or you got to go to get a nicotine patch, or you got to go to Nicotine Anonymous because I can't help you. Like, what what does that look like then? What, what, what it looks stubborn? like is, is, is you, have, you have to come back to why are you choosing to quit smoking now? Because clearly what you've told me isn't powerful enough for you to do that. And that's one of the things I look at early on is, is, is why now? You've been smoking for 35 years. Why today? And in the case of my 75-year-old um, young lady, um, she said, I want to see my grandson graduate high school. That's mm-hmm. power. That is power, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so when you use that kind of imagery, you can really help yourself out. Um, the client right. by making that by really making that imagery real powerful for them. So, mm-hmm. so you, you lose it. Now, you know, many a client, I'll, I'll say with smoking for a moment, will come in and say, I will do anything to quit smoking. I said, well, great. Buy one pack of cigarettes a day, buy a different brand every time. Oh, I, I, I couldn't do that. <laughs> I, just look at, I, I say, well, call me when you can. <laughs> right, right. It, well, that's that's being honest with right. yourself. That, yeah, that's being honest with yourself. I mean, that's only mm-hmm. fair. And I think if a person is getting ready to invest the money in doing some kind of therapeutic work, whatever that looks like, if it's going through a series of Reiki treatments, or mm-hmm. if it's going through a series of hypnotherapy, or through a series of past life intensive or shamanistic journeys, it's your own money. Is your energy? I just think it's quite fascinating, Ben, to have been able to talk with you today. Now, Sphere Innovation Group. If you look at your uh, website, people will be able to see about your services in addition smoking cessation, what other types of traditional uh, hypnotherapy, and I think you're a life coach as well. What, I, what, I um, what, I, what can people contact you for? Um, insomnia is a big one as well. People have trouble sleeping. Oh, yeah. that's so interesting. People... Let me talk about that for a second. So okay. insomnia, which is uh, quite uh, disruptive to people who need to uh, – get sleep and rest, but find themselves awake at all times of the day and night. Some people are getting like, like two to three hours of sleep on average mm-hmm. a night on a persistent basis. So when that, that particular kind of patient comes to you, are they really like frazzled and at their wit's end, like, please yes. help me get some sleep? They've tried everything else, right? And they realize that the barbiturates are not the way to go and, and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. so, and, and, most of it is usually pretty simple, as long as we don't have a medical condition that we're dealing with. Uh, right. Um, usually it's, pre- it's, it's pretty simple. Um, most people have very bad habits. Their cell phone is right next to the bed, so, and so if an email comes in, they hear the buzz, they hear the whatever, which, which will bring you out of a sleep. Um, they, watch, they watch the news in bed before they go to sleep or some other equally mm-hmm. criminal minds or equally some other kind of detective, you know, it's like, right. none of that is conducive to sleeping. And I recommend to my clients is to be, start to build a good night ritual, you know, mm-hmm. and that, that's leaving your cell phone down on the kitchen counter or whatever it needs to be. It's like, it's time for me to go to sleep. And, and so you start mm-hmm. doing these same things over and over mm-hmm. again, Right. And then, of course, we use some post-hypnotic 
um, suggestions and whatnot to help them um, get into sleep and so on and stay there. But it's all about building that ritual that, that this is the time for me to rest. Yes, I have these issues in my life, but I can much more better equipped to deal with those issues after a good night's sleep. So there are, there so are the racing, to... the racing mind that have the monkey mind tends to be what people say is that, you know, I'll lay down, I do all those things, I close my eyes, and then I lay there with my eyes closed thinking, oh, my God, I'm not asleep for the next two hours right. until I finally just go ahead and get up and, and just say, well, I've done that for two hours, I'm too restless to stay anymore. Then they get up and then they start to do the behavior that stimulates the brain that they just weren't able to to right. quiet in the first place. So you're able to to put in – like behavioral switches to say when I feel like getting up, then I will roll over on my pillow the other way or, or or even more basic is, is, is I I have them imagine a really thick, heavy velvet drape. And as they, as they breathe in for three, hold for three and out for three, setting up that rhythmic breathing, right? Just Mm -hmm. drape that wonderfully, wonderful silk, I mean, a velvet, black drape over all of the issues, knowing in the morning you can bring back and they're all right there waiting on you. You can take care of them as you need after you get a good mm-hmm. night's sleep. See, so you kind of build up that kind of imagery, you know. Right. You know, I'm going to take care of it all. It's all here, you know, but I'm much right. more capable of dealing with it if I've gotten some sleep. I never thought about insomnia being something to see a hypnotherapist about. That's like a light bulb went on, like, oh, you know. So insomnia, weight loss, or behavioral modifications such as smoking cessation, uh, what are – are there any other things that people in the traditional sense approach you about? Well, oh, sure. I mean, I have people come and see me. I had a, uh, a gentleman who came and wanted to be a professional baseball player, and, and he, was, he was 38 years old. And, mm. and you sit and you sit and you talk. You're not going to tell him, no, you can't have your dream. You can't be a baseball player. Right. You know. So, so you, you start you start doing the education about and start bringing in the reality filters. And mm-hmm. and we, we talked and, and we through hypnosis and through, through all my all my tools. Uh, he ended up he now works for the Braves in their farm system out the New Stadium. Oh, as as, cool! <laughs> so, so while you could, you know, so you said, and, and that's that was over weeks, as you can imagine. That's quite quite a bit yeah. of work we did together. But but it, that's what happens is you have to you have to find finally break the mold where I want to be a I want to be a baseball player. Well, you want gets so powerful, right, that you can't let go of it, you know, and you you slowly right. begin to, to to channel into a, a more positive direction. That's interesting. That's awesome. So uh, it's uh, <laughs> I, I'm gonna uh, do more referrals <laughs> now that I'm thinking about things. I'm like, oh, have you considered going to have a hypnotherapy session? You know, seeing a hypnotherapist because uh, it's it, the potentials I can see with that are quite huge. Now, the clients that you see that are non-traditional that are looking mm-hmm. for the shaman or uh, what what kind of services do you offer then in that spectrum? Well, again, it all starts with the same kind of question when they walk in my door. Why are you here? You know, what? Why now? And you're in your life now. Why are you here now? And depending on that answer, 
um, is, is the direction that I may, may go. Um, I was working with an individual here, here lately um, who is, like us, very, very in tune, um, but was feeling kind of stuck. And so, so I worked with her, and she was an excellent subject, so I was able to, to get her quite deep into hypnosis. And I asked this one little question. I said, would your higher self come out and speak with us? Mm-hmm. And sure enough, mm-hmm. it did. Mm-hmm. And so then I said, then I said, my client, you may now have a, have a conversation with your higher self and ask the question. So it was like, why mm-hmm. am I? So you started to be able to ask those questions and have a conversation. And believe it or not, you actually hear two voices um, coming oh, out. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's a real interesting, oh. it's a really interesting experience from my perspective. At that point, I'm just, I'm just a wallpaper. At that point, mm-hmm. I'm not in, you know, mm-hmm. other than holding space right. and all those other things. Um, and, right. And, you, and you, what you watch is the on. And right. that's a really powerful experience. And, of course, it gets recorded right. as well. So, so it's a very powerful right. experience that happens. I'm, I'm looking at, okay, where is my curiosity lie? Myself, personally, I, you know, I've... I can't say as an adult I've ever gone through any hypnotherapeutic dynamic uh, per mm-hmm. se. One of the things that I've been curious about is to say, um, okay, what is the earliest recollection of from myself perspective that would come through during a hypnotic state? You know, like if, uh, to say, well, what lifetime is is coming forward um Mm -hmm. the times that i've had uh, accidental not even accidental but unexpected past life things come up for healing it was in relationship to where i had been blocking my actual psychic gifts so Mm -hmm. uh, the shaman went to see what i might be experiencing that is caused was causing me fear to expand into my abilities now and it immediately dropped back into about four different lifetimes where there were specific incidences um, and some of them related to um you know i have pain in a hip which you mentioned and uh the person didn't know it but she was like well that's why you were gutted like a fish when you were a mermaid during your Mm -hmm. lifetime on you know on the planet and the oceans and you know she said you have a wound on your right side had never known me never seen me before the time I walked into her office I didn't even know we were going to be having that particular kind of journey but when she did like you said that zipper feeling of something coming from a great distance and shifting through my energetic field you know, it happened. And I'm like, wow, if that could come out in a particular session, what other kind of lives could come out, uh, you know? So I didn't even know I had healing issues in the past perspective that were affecting my physical ailment at the beginning. So I don't know that I would know to ask, I guess my why am I here would be like to see how far I can go, to see how deep any unhealed issues go so I can pull the weed up or the experience up by the root. Show me Mm -hmm. a rooted wound so that I can go ahead and manage that. Um, And and those are all really great things. Once you become aware and and you are self-aware and you are, in fact, working on self, then then that opens up the tool bag quite a bit further, mm-hmm. if you know what I'm saying, right? I mean, it, when yes, a lot yes. of folks that I, that I work with, we can't quite get here because their, their mindset just won't allow them. 
they're, they're too worried about, about paying the bills or whatever it might be. But when I get, when you, I get some folks that, that are fully aware and are work, actively working on self, then there are more tools um, that we can use. And one of them is using greater depth in, in hypnosis. And, and there's all kinds of things. They all have names. But, but in, in material, once you get some depth, that's when you can, start, you can start bringing in the higher self. Now, the higher self, is, for me, is the key. Once the higher self <laughs> begins communicating openly, right, then yes. everything is kind of there. Because you may not need to go back to ancient Mesopotamia. Right, you may not, right, right, you, right. You, you right. may not need to right. go there, right? The, the higher self Absolutely. can say, hey, buttercup, suck this up and, 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 and move on from there, right, right? Or, right? or whatever it may be, right? So, right. So, um, but not everybody is willing to go there, to have that conversation. Right. And sometimes the, the uh, higher self will say, no, mm-hmm. this is not the time for I'm the wrong person for to be involved or whatever it may be, but the answer is no. You know, and that's okay too. Right. You know, I mean that's that's the way spirit works. Right, right. I think that's just so fascinating because more and more people are using or coming into awareness of a higher self perspective. I think the times that we're in in 2018 as opposed to, say, 1998, (laughs) I'm sure that your clientele has shifted immensely. Um, I'm anticipating that you've seen a great uptick, actually, in business and interest and probably in this next year of awakening as we've got a whole new wave of people coming into a more conscious perspective. I can imagine you'll probably – be quite busy as well in the next 12 to uh, 18 months. It, it, it's kind of exciting. <laughs> yes, it is. It, and, and I'm saying less and less spoken clients and more and more aware clients, which, which I, I will say is, is a great um, 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 work for me. I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. I enjoy both. So it's more spiritual than it is. Yes, it's more spiritual work than it is, uh, or conscious work than it is per se, uh, behavioral uh, performance right. focused. Yeah. Well, do you have? Well, I know you do your. I wanted to share with people how to find your meetup for first of all, and other events that you're having up there and coming. So. Yes. Uh, um, we are on the North Atlanta Energy Healers. Okay. That's the that's the meetup group, and okay. we have two standing things that we always do. The first Thursday of every month is a guided meditation drumming circle. It's whatever Melba Black or my um, or Lisa or I care to do, and uh, mm-hmm. it's always comes out in the meetup group what we're going to be doing. I tend to drum. Um, um, people tend to do other guided meditations, and they're very interesting. Sometimes it's the Kashic record. Sometimes it's it's. Uh, meditation to becoming a tree, and you know all kinds of things, <laughs> uh, trying to expand the consciousness of, of our of our of our group. The third Thursday of of the month is what you experience. It's always the Reiki share. Now we do okay. our Reiki share a little different, <laughs> as you experienced. Um, yes. <laughs> we we have two rooms. We have um, uh, people go to whichever room they're they're called to. Um, Everybody's welcome to participate regardless of their level of knowledge of Reiki. From mm-hmm. I might do some education about what Reiki is and, and what Reiki isn't, but it's a great time for 
new Reiki practitioners to get confirmation yes. of, of what they're finding and what they're sensing and so on. And for the new folks that have never experienced Reiki before, they can ask their questions about, why is he doing that? What's that about? Why am I feeling this? So we try to keep it very, very um, loose so that people feel free to talk. Yes. And it's it was really beautiful. It's wonderful. Oh, it was you. quite beautiful. There were probably eight people there the time I came. It wasn't in two rooms at that particular point. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was newly, I think, maybe Reiki level two at the time, and I uh, had not been connecting with other Reiki shares. So it was very confirming and affirming to uh, go through the, the the Reiki share. And I think you had everyone kind of share what energy they sensed as after we spent that moment. We had all brought our crystals that we wanted mm-hmm. to bring to the share. And for me, it was like I was still very uncertain about my claircognizant vision or clairvoyance sight. And so being able to say what I saw and have other people say, oh, yeah, I felt that energy when it came through. It <laughs> felt like this to me. and It was very like, I'm not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. You want people to get confirmation, right? Right, right. 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 Did anybody else feel that? And you're like, yeah. Yeah. everybody was like, yeah, I felt that. So it is very wonderful. Now, it's up and coming. And uh, people, if you're not familiar, meetup.com is a site where you can go to find all kinds of gatherings of people about all subjects. And I think you're able to sign in with like your Facebook or your Gmail account, like most things nowadays. And that way you can sign up to get meeting reminders. I'm actually set up to get meeting reminders from your group. But honestly, I have to say, I don't go to meetup that often because I think you're the only meetup that I'm signed up to follow. So I think I missed the schedule. Is it a certain week of the month, like second, second, third? First Thursday and the third Thursday. First and third of every month, and that's at Sphere Innovation Group mm-hmm. up in Cumming, Georgia. And I do invite you to take a look at uh, Ben's page. Ben, what is your email and uh, uh, business email and phone for people who are interested in contact? You bet. It's Ben, B-E-N, at SphereInnovationGroup.com, all one word. And the okay. phone number is six seven eight nine two zero six seven zero zero. That's six seven eight nine two zero sixty seven hundred. Well, I am very excited. Um, This episode of this show will actually be placed in the library, which the library is like a living library of the knowledge that is contained in each of us. And so when I have these interviews on, my goal is that someday somebody who will be looking up, say, a hypnotherapist, will run a search and then they'll find this episode of the show and discover Ben's story of how you journeyed into hypnotherapy or Reiki or shaman, any of the other things that we've talked about. So you're kind of like a living book, your life is, and I'm so appreciative that you allowed us to see part of your journey and experience. Um, I do want to share with everyone that Ben will be back on this coming Thursday. I'm very excited because this week I am having two special shows. So um, on Thursday is the Vibrarian 
show, which is uh, it's kind of like a cross between Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and the X-Files. So the truth is out there, and it's a mystery. So I, I get to talk about anything I want to, and we're going to be talking about past lives and um, reincarnation. So, Ben, I, I had been trying to get him on the schedule for the longest time, and I finally was able to track him down. I had to drive up to North Georgia from downtown <laughs> so I could see him face-to-face. But on t- Thursday at noon on this same channel, Ben will be back with another panelist. Uh, her name is Paula Gore. She's been a guest on the Psychic Inside show before, as well as she's been a frequent contributor to our panels. On uh, We had a panel on channeling information. We had some panels on astral travel and lucid dreaming. And Paula is a shamanic healer and uh, way show. She's actually where I experienced my past life regressions through her. So I'm very excited to bring the two of you on to talk about this whole area of reincarnation, uh, soul return, earth school, however you want to call it. So I'm definitely inviting you all of you to come back on Thursday to join us again. And is there anything that you would like to really impart with the listeners today and in the future about what your journey has taught you on your perspective, um, I, I guess your wise advice and sage words? <laughs> Do you have anything? Uh, no pressure. Thank no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been a blast. Uh, and listeners, I appreciate your time as well because everybody's time is very, very important. I think the biggest lesson that I have learned in my 64 years is, is, is keep your mind open. Just because you don't understand it doesn't make it any less real for someone else. And that has really worked quite well for me, especially in my practice. So I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful time. Hope to hear you all on Thursday. And uh, thank you so much for having me. Been the Psychic Inside Show, and my guest is Ben Plowman of Sphere Innovation Group. Ben, thank you so much, and I will see all of you back here on the Vibrary Radio Network on Thursday at noon. And until that time, my honest and sincere wish is that your life be so full of abundant blessing that it overflows from your arms and spills out into the world around you. The light in me absolutely honors the light in you. Namaste.